The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Live! From MMA Fighting Studios, this is Between the Links. And now, your host, Mike Heck. The iconic voice of Esther Lynn welcomes you to a brand new edition of Between the Links. Hope everyone's having a wonderful start to the week. Thank you for joining us. Back live. Weren't live last week because we were in Boston. We had a nice little roundtable edition with... Jose Youngs and Oscar Willis from the Mac Life had a good time just sitting around a table in a hotel lobby shooting the breeze. But now we're here to answer your questions regarding the fallout of UFC 292. We got UFC Singapore coming up on Saturday, headlined by Max Holloway versus the Korean Zombie. We have a new Bantamweight champion of the world in Sean O'Malley. A lot happening. And there's nobody else I would rather have here to join me to answer your questions, to talk about the chaos that is going on in the world of mixed martial arts than Mr. No Gray Area himself, the one, the only, hot take king, Jed Mishu. Jed, hello, my friend. How are you? My credit to you, buddy, because the people don't know how hard you work. They, they just don't know. Like, you woke up, you did heck of a morning. It's a lot of talking. Then we just got off a marathon dam on Ioani and Jacek, which will be coming out soon. Right into this. So a lot of talking going on, Mike. You're... You're the Iron Man of, of MMAfighting.com, great website. Yes, uh, that's why we're late. Apologies for that. But I think once you hear this episode of Damn, they were good on Ioanni and Jacek and the special guest that we have. or that Making Jen his has damn brought debut. On, making his damn debut. I think you'll be okay with it. You'll be like, eh, we had to wait 15 minutes. Who gives okay. a shit? But let's, like I said, we're just here to answer your questions. Couldn't really wrangle anybody up. No one wanted a piece of Jed Mishu this week. They're like coming off of Sean O'Malley winning the Bantamweight title. We don't want that smoke. So we're going to 
Let the they peeps should have. bring the smoke they to us. They should have wanted that smoke. <laughs> since I just spent two solid hours talking about Ioana, they should have wanted this. <laughs> All right. So throw your questions up. We will discuss. Maybe banter, maybe debate. We'll see what happens. There is a uh, Nevada commission meeting going on right now. Uh, Myra Buena Silva was on the docket. As of right now, from what it sounds like, they've just extended her temporary suspension. Uh, there is no like date. There was no like official, here's how long you're suspended for. Looks like they're still kind of figuring out what the hell happened there. But for the time being, they're just going to keep things as they are and as they seek a resolution. So that's sort of the news that has come out of that. Some referees uh, got some Nevada approval and that's really all that's happened so far in that Nevada meeting. I bet, I bet she gets a six month suspension that doesn't actually influence her ability to fight. Uh, because that seems to be how they solve these things. Like, well, you did technically break the rules, so six months, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, she'll be ready to fight in January, which is perfect timing because Juliana Pena and Raquel Pennington well. are probably going to fight at the end of the year, and if they don't, slide her right in there. So let's go, Casey. All right. First question. Oh, oh the peeps. Lost your audio. Somehow I got muted. I don't even know how that <laughs> happened. I pushed. I pushed no buttons. No buttons. Uh, I was saying, you coming out with with the sleeveless. You're hurting people's feelings with the with the pipes there. Joseph Bosch, Aaron Blanchfield versus Tyler Santos have been the main event of UFC Singapore. It's the second fight on the main card, but it's the only one with real stakes. A shot at the women's flyweight title is likely on the line. Jed. Should this have headlined over Max Holloway, one of the biggest stars in the company, and the Korean zombie who's probably going to fight for the final time in Singapore? No, very obviously no. Um, I, you're not going to find a bigger Aaron Blanchfield supporter than me. Currently my number one <laughs> ranked women's flyweight in the world. Uh, and yes, this is... This is arguably the most significant and meaningful fight on the card. I actually wouldn't even say arguably. I think this is the most significant fight on the card in terms of meritocracy, right? Like the winner of this fights for a belt. The winner of the main event does not. The winner of none of the rest of these fights fights for a belt. So this is the most significant fight. And then by that, it should be co-main event. It not being co-main event is offensive, arguably. Like I... I inexplicable i don't understand why this is sort of buried in the main card oddly uh but also not really sure why this is a fight that's happening in singapore when this fight probably should be maining eventing an apex card or something like that you know this should be five rounds because it's a title eliminator so i understand a lot of the idea here but this event is happening in part because max holloway said he wanted to fight Korean zombie and Korean zombie wanted this fight. And this is, this is clearly the show. This is the thing. Um, they are doing the thing. And so that certainly is main event worthy over anything else in this card. Uh, like I said, should be co-main event, but I think it should be the main event somewhere else. And, uh, it's odd that instead it's just here. I mean, it's a timing thing really is why this fights on this card because it sets up this almost, women's flyweight grand prix that we're going to get over the next three weeks because we got this fight next week we get rose namiunas versus man and fioro and then we get a the, the pay-per-view and then we get the main event for the title the noche ufc card on the 16th with grasso shevchenko too 
And all bets are off if Rose Namajunas beats Manon Fioro. Like Aaron Blanchfield, Aaron Blanchfield can beat Tyler Santos in 45 seconds on Saturday. If Rose Namajunas wins next week, she's fighting for the title. Even if Valentina beats Grasso, they're not going to run the trilogy right back. They're just going to go right to Rose versus Valentina. 100%. 100%. All right. Well, we're all Manon Fioro fans then. Got it. Yep. I don't um, I don't want the world where the pretty clearly best flyweight in the world still is just stuck waiting because Rose is a bigger star. Right. But so so let me pivot to this. I agree. Because, I agree. If she wins, yeah. she's gonna get a title shot. Oh, hundred for sure. But most people feel like odds wise that may not happen because managers can be so much bigger than her. So I'll pose this question to I both of you. Those Casey, people I'll, are crazy. Casey, I'll start with you. Let's just say Let's say Aaron wins and let's say Manon wins and they're both equally as impressive. Is Aaron getting the shot or is Manon getting the shot because she beat Rose Namajunas? Where on the card is the Rose-Manon fight? Is it like co-main event, third fight from the top? Uh, let me look. It should, I mean, if that's not the co-main event, I mean, we're doing something terribly wrong here. Well, I think that UFC's already doing something terribly wrong putting Blanchfield and Santos on the Singapore card. <laughs> it's the co-main event. I mean, well, but okay. it has to be the co-main event. It's it's in Paris. Yeah, it's so Rose. Like, Manon and has it's to Rose. be. Oh, okay. Oh, Manon. Yeah, Manon. yeah. For um, sure. It sounds like the UFC is setting this up. Sorry, what was the question again? If, so if, 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 if Rose wins, she's getting title shot. I think we're all in agreement with that. Because if Blanchfield how, wins, yeah. because she's the biggest... She's the bigger star of all of these women. Well, I think the placement on that card and just uh, the fact that they buried Manchville and Santos on a card and the prelims in Singapore for some reason and not put this card. Like, I don't know why this isn't waiting two weeks and put this on the the really top, the very bad main card for the uh, Australia card. I mean, I don't, don't know. Or, and, and well, let's just say more sense. it would. I, I 100% agree. Yeah, I just let's don't just say, understand why this isn't Singapore. Yeah. I agree. There's an October fight night that needs a main event too. So like you could have done a lot of things here. But yeah. if Blanchfield these. wins, if Blanchfield wins and Fioro wins, who gets the next title shot? I think if Shevchenko wins and Rose doesn't, I think they'll run it back. They'll do the third fight. But I, who I would, would hope, be? I would hope Blanchfield. I would hope Blanchfield. I don't. I don't know why we're treating Blanchfield like, I don't know, um, who like 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 uh. Edwards uh, on his way up to the welterweight where he just had won like 50 fights, you know, like Blanchfield is clearly the person she's been finishing fights. I don't understand why, why there's some, any, any hesitation from the UFC about putting Blanchfield in a title shot. I just don't, I don't get it. I, neither do I do. I think in that situation, Blanchfield gets it. I don't think they're committed to Fioro as a, no. as like the next big thing. If she wins really impressively, Maybe like if she knocks out Rose or something, then all bets are off. But I think the UFC at least recognizes that Blanchfield is is the future here, and so they would probably default to that. Yeah, and I think if Manon wins, I think it, we always go back to oh, Rose is too small; she's a straw weight. I think there's always that in the kind of in the back pocket as far as criticizing, taking taking something away from uh, Manon's victory. Maybe. You know? But I don't know, man, because it's in Paris. If Manning goes out there and melts Rose, she's going to look like a friggin' superstar next Saturday. But Aaron looked like a superstar in uh, MSG just co- like a few back. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, this, like you look like a superstar, and but then the UFC just kind of forgets about it. I don't know. 
I know, but I understand uh, what you're saying. Though. I agree that she would look like a superstar. Here's the other thing: this is not going to happen uh, because I've watched Manolfiero fight, nice and she doesn't melt anybody. <laughs> like she might win. I don't think she's going to, but she could. But I'd be. Like, that's what I said. If she goes out there and just ices Rose, then I'll be really impressed, and I'm okay with that happening. But it seems really unlikely given everything we know about the competitors. There's women's flyweight, everybody. It's going to be a fun few weeks for that division. Aaron Blanchfield's the best flyweight in the world, and she's not going to have the belt for like three years. It's, it's going to be incredibly frustrating. That's happening so often. Like, it's really annoying to be a fan of this sport. Habib was the best lightweight in the world for like, I'm not even kidding, four full years before he got the belt. And everyone knew it. Like Everyone was aware. You had the people making the Tony argument. Those people were wrong. And it was Habib, always. And it took him forever to get there. And we're just doing that more and more in weight classes. Bantamweight? Sean O'Malley's not the best bantamweight in the world. He's the rightful champion. But if if we had to do a trial by combat, Sean O'Malley's like my third choice. And that might even be high. And we're just not... We're doing this way too often now. And it's getting a little annoying. Price, I think. All right. Let's go to yeah, let's, let's keep it on O'Malley. All right. Uh, does the UFC ever consider a McGregor O'Malley co in main event? Seems like it could break records. So even Sean had come out and said, uh, at some point, I, I forget where I saw this. I don't know if it was like a like a quote tweet or an Instagram comment or something. Uh, when McGregor kind of put O'Malley over and O'Malley said, Hey, you in December, and then me and Cheeto is the co main event or something like that. So do you think they would ever do that? Do you think, let's just say Connor can fight in December and all of this is bullshit. Every, that, that whole voice note is just a, a tactic, if you will. Do you think the UFC would, would co-main O'Malley underneath McGregor? Or do you think, why would we do that? We get two bona fide stars who are going to sell pay-per-views. Why do we need to put them together? It's, it's certainly the latter. Um, I think that if you did put them together, you could, uh, I don't think you can break records. I don't think you're, I do not think the UFC is physically capable of beating the Connor Habib. Uh, the confluence of events for that was simply too large, and I don't think that they can credibly recreate that at, at this moment in time. Maybe down the line something happens. Um, but I think you'll get a little bit of a bump, but it is a bit of a diminishing returns thing. Like, uh, Is it better to have one pay-per-view that because there are these two Hallmark stars, uh, slightly more people will we'll view instead of if you do them individually you're going to get uh connor selling 1.2 million or 1.1 million and you'll probably get o'malley selling like 600k 700k and if you put them together you could maybe sell 1.4 like that's just not how business works like you you go for the mill the 1.1 and the 700 i think that you lose particularly given their fan bases there's probably a good amount of overlap there you're not getting enough juice for the squeeze the only time something like that could happen, UFC 300. Uh, I could see the UFC trying to make a big splash for an event like that, but just a pay-per-view to go all in on, they're, they're not going to do that. Casey, what do you think? No, they just won't. Uh, everything Jet said, they, they just won't do it. <laughs> just And they and it won't break records because um, I agree with what Jet said. They just can't promote yeah. to... They... they, they, they they need the Habib Connor fight so big, like everything yeah. about it was unbelievable, and that doesn't happen. And, 
and organic. This would there's nothing. Yeah. There's no, I don't know unless who, who's so McGregor Chan like, McGregor Chandler and O'Malley and Cheeto it, is the co-main. Uh, It'd be a really big event. It's not gonna beat Conor Beef. Yeah. <laughs> it's just no. I don't think the UFC is ever getting to that number again, uh, or at least not with the current fighters on roster. Does well, actually I'm more interested in this. Does the Venn diagram, whatever, of people who buy Conor McGregor pay-per-views and people who buy Sean O'Malley pay-per-views, how much does that overlap? I would bet that there's a large overlap, but the truth is we actually don't know what that second circle is. Um, yeah. We just don't really know what O'Malley... We know that the UFC certainly said that this that this previous fight was the biggest Bantamweight fight in history and was doing big numbers for them. We don't know that that's true. I would suspect that it is, but... I think that it's not a circle um, because O'Malley does appeal to a younger generation, but I would say that there is the way they go about their business and themselves and their caricatures of themselves. I think that there's probably a decent overlap there. Yeah, I'm just wondering how much it actually increases the actual, if you just do Connor headlining, how much is putting O'Malley versus anyone actually increase pay-per-view buys because the people I feel would already be buying that Conor McGregor pay-per-view. I'm just wondering, I think, 10%, 20%, I don't know. So yeah, that's it. I, I think it does bump it because it will feel big. Like the UFC can functionally just say, look, we are making a big card with our biggest stars. But that's why I think it would only happen for like, you. I could see that happening at UFC 300. Like you could absolutely convince me that UFC 300 is Sean O'Malley fighting whoever and Conor McGregor fighting whoever and then, you know, Jim Miller and you rotate it out. But this is this is a big card. We're going big and it will elevate it some, but it's not going to elevate it a ton. Yeah, if it was, if it was Connor and Gaethje for, for the BMF title at the headline. Connor, Connor Gaethje BMF title at UFC 300 uh, is it's my everything. God, yeah. give me that fight, <laughs> even though I want even though I want Justin Gaethje to fight for the lightweight title that he deserves to fight for. I still want that fight. Yeah, there are fa there are fa there are newer fans of this sport right now who have seen Sean O'Malley fight more than Conor McGregor, which is nuts Abs to think absolutely. about. Yeah, it's just kind of crazy to think about. Like they've they've all heard of Conor McGregor, but they've never seen him fight. They've only seen Sean O'Malley fight and win the belt. So it's weird to think about. You want to know what else is weird? I pulled up the UFC's rankings page. It's very weird. Sean O'Malley is the championship at bantamweight and. Honest to God, the first thing I thought was, why the fuck is Random Marcos here? Because he's got the red hair that Random Marcos used to always rock. And I was like, why do we have a... Oh, that's right. Sean O'Malley's your Bantamweight champion. And he <laughs> has colorful hair. Because he also hasn't worn red hair in a while. Like, his hair for the fight was pink. So I don't... But his hair's red in this <laughs> image. So it's very odd. Very odd. All right. Uh, did we watch... Did you guys watch PFL last night? I watched the main event uh, this morning. All right, man. Ooh, how'd okay. that go? All right, well, it was a. <laughs> oh, actually, uh, I genuinely do not know the answers to this, uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna go find. I'm gonna. I have honestly no idea who wins. Oh no! Big Apple Burgos lost. Come on. Oh, I didn't actually see that. So, I, but I heard everyone just doing back. It was a great fight. fight. Yeah, it was a great oh. fight. It was what you expect. Big Apple Burgos lost. 
I, I use this reference a lot, but it's like buying a Toyota in the early 1990s. That's everything you hope for and more. That's like <laughs> when you saw Clay Collard and Shane Burgos, like you knew the fight wasn't going to be stinky at all. You knew it was going to be really good. It actually was better than that. Um, a lot of people are saying, oh, this is the fight of the year. It's not the fight of the year. Let's slow our rolls. It's probably a top six or seven fight of the year when we really go back and look at it. But it's a really good fight for a PFL for a PFL event, which probably lasted 14 and a half hours, this is a good way to end it. And Clay Collard beat Shane Burgos, and it was a damn good fight. I highly recommend good, Jed at some a point good today decision? you can watch it. Oh, yeah, I'll, wa- I'll watch all the PFL Clay stuff. Won the first, just... Yeah, Clay clearly won the first two rounds, and Shane yeah. battled his ass off in round three. Yeah, I'll go back and watch, but I was not working last night, and I'm not going to watch PFL live if I'm not working it. The pacing is just too awful. Yeah, uh, it, instead of taking five hours to watch that last night, I can watch the entire event in you know an hour and a half or something. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Also, see OAM got a got a finish, another finish. He's yeah. OAM quietly racking up stoppages in the PFL now too. So, oh, Sadabusi split decision. I'm gonna go go cash that <laughs> ticket. Sadabusi decision <laughs> at plus one ten. Uh, tasty little <laughs> ticket there. Makes up for the betting on Big Apple Burgos. So, love that. Uh, did he? Please tell me he won a split decision in part because they deducted a point from Carlos Leal. That would be the best. Oh, my God. Good God. Uh, yeah, so I didn't watch this at all. I'm just going through it now. Biagio Ali Walsh getting another stoppage. How long are we going to keep doing that? Okay. I don't know. Right. Seemed fine. It's weird because I I respect the PFL and the Biagio Ali Walsh thing. Like they are actively trying to pursue push him to take real fights, and he's like, "No, I want to keep working as an amateur." I'm like, "Okay, but like, you should stop. You should just just stop now." Like, if you're gonna go fight for an amateur world title, like, fine. But at this point, you can take the same fights with the same caliber of opponent, but just call them pro fights, and we yeah. can start that. But you know. Let him run his career as he f- sees True. it, I suppose. Yep. All right. Would you rather have dinner in a conversation with Ian, Gary, or Logan Paul? <laughs> oh, this is a, a very question. easy, this is an easy answer for me. Ian, Gary. Let's go. See Ian, Gary. Like, and I don't dislike Logan Paul. Uh, Jake Paul is obnoxious, and I probably wouldn't want to be around him. Logan Paul is certainly some of that. Um, also just know people like Logan Paul and they're fine, but I'm not that interested in having a conversation with them. I appreciate Ian Gary. I'm a bit surprised at the backlash Ian Gary got this past week. Uh, I became an Ian Gary fan this past week. I didn't really care about him. I just thought he was a good fighter. Uh, I like him. I like what he's doing. He doesn't, not everything he says is a winner, but that's if you, as a man who spends a good portion of my professional life talking into a microphone, I don't always throw out heaters every time either. It's just <laughs> tough. So uh, I, in general, appreciate what Ian Gary is about. I I would love to have a beer with Ian Gary and just, you know, shoot the shit. Seems like a cool dude. Are you on Team Gary or Team Paul, Casey? If I'm not trying to get some sort of money out of him, Gary. If I'm trying to get some sort of million dollar investment, Paul. <laughs> but uh, 
But just in general, just to hang out with someone, just pick his mind, definitely Ian Gary, for sure. Um, I kind of agree with Jed. Um, I, was, I was surprised by the backlash. More surprised because people were, like, backlashing against things I really didn't have an issue with. It was all, it was a lot of other kind of, like the like the Jeff Neal t-shirt. I thought that was just stupid, you know, and things yeah. like that. Um, and exactly. Like, so, like- Exactly, so, uh, Casey. Yeah, so like, he misses a lot, but then he hits. You know, he gets he gets he hits some solid doubles every once in a while. But um, everything I heard of when he's off camera, when he's not kind of doing his prize fighter thing, um, yeah, I heard he's a a very pleasant gentleman. Him and his wife. Actually, I would love to meet him and his wife and their family. They seem like a they seem good people. And that's and the thing. Him. He comes yeah. off as that to me. Like I don't know any about. I haven't talked to anybody about him off camera. On camera, he comes off as that dude. Like, yeah, he seems like a pleasant and reasonable person in an unreasonable sport. Like, I don't, I genuinely don't under, like, I, I wouldn't have done the Jeff Neal t-shirt. I also don't care enough about it or whatever. It's just like, I don't, I don't know where the negativity comes from. If it is strictly because he took umbrage with Neil Magny saying he beats his kids. Like, oh no, I also don't love that from Neil Magny either. So... It's fine. Like, I don't get it. Don't get the hate. I mean, anybody that can, and, and listen, I'm not saying this to be a dick. Anyone that can make a Neil Magny fight, like go on the radar and get people excited for it. Uh, this dude can sell me probably anything off of a food menu on the dinner and conversation side. So yeah. And, and I've talked to Ian off camera as well. He's got that same energy and gusto to him, but it's, there's there's camera Ian and then there's off camera Ian. Mm-hmm. The energy levels are the same, but the content that comes out is obviously much different. But yeah, I'll probably go Ian Gary as well. Because the questions I would ask Logan Paul, he'd probably get up and leave. And Ian <laughs> would probably stay and answer them. That's the thing. I just have nothing to talk about with Logan. Like, I don't, I just genuinely don't care about him. And it's not like a spiteful thing. It's like, all right, man, like, how's that prime working out for you? Uh, is, I, I is it be cool that you keep marketing it as like a health drink when it's pretty definitively shown to be awful for you? Sure. How do you, do you think those chickens are going to come home to roost in a way that's meaningful or how do you feel about largely marketing this incredibly unhealthy thing to children? Does that, does that make you feel any kind of way at all? Okay, cool, man. Hey, if you want to spot you the watch party, Logan, give me a call. Cause uh, <laughs> hey. I, I drink, I drink, I drink a prime once a watch party, sometimes twice. How? No matter how, no matter how, how tired I am, that'll get me through. Cause it's like a jolt. It's a. Yeah. They are awful. Yeah, they are. It's the sweetest thing I've ever had. Like I have, I can drink straight whiskey. I would have to cut prime with water to put that in my body consistently. It is unbelievable. Cause you want to run through a wall, so it gets me like for those moments where I need it, it works. Would I just would I drink it right now? No, or would I drink it knowing I'm gonna have to talk for seven straight hours and with it ending at five thirty in the morning the next day? Give me a prime. Good, pop the good tab. For you. Let's go. I I straight up could not do it. Good for you. <laughs> Unless they're gonna sponsor me. Look, I'll sh- I'll shill. Prime <laughs> Logan, Logan, you want to get cut me a sponsorship? I'll wear a prime shirt on this program every week, baby. I don't care. I am a mercenary. I have a price and can be purchased. <laughs> He's for sale, folks. He's for sale. I am for sale. <laughs> if you are a fighter and you would like me to start big upping you consistently, 
Slide into my DMs, bro. We could talk about it. If you are an unknown fighter trying to get signed, I will force you into conversations. Mike, I'm really excited to talk about Sean O'Malley. But you know who else I'm really excited to talk about? This 205er coming out of uh, you know, Lake Minnetonka. I think he is going to really blow the doors off Contender Series in three years. I'll do it. Just cut the check, baby. Let's go. Love it. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down, and new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge? That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right. What else? Uh, we got? Back to PFL real quick. Was Shane Burgos a good signing for the PFL? How would you grade his first year at the PFL, Jen? Uh, bad. <laughs> that sort of seems to be how every PFL signing works other than Olivier Aubameyang. Like he's the one dude who signed at the PFL and really seems to have delivered well. I mean, you look at the rest of them and uh, unclear that any of those would be considered wins, certainly given the money they made. Um, I can't... Can't think the PFL feels they got value there. Um, at best, when you're looking at like Anthony Pettis or Roy McDonald, at best, the PFL paid market price for those people. And, you know, if you're a promoter, you are wanting to get more value than you are purchasing. That's just how capitalism works. If you are giving money to somebody, you would like to be extracting more value from their labor than, than you are paying for. Uh, and I certainly don't think the PFL pulled that uh, with many of them. 
Shane Burgos among them, you know, I was always interested to see like he's coming in to do lightweight and okay. It's a really tough division. Not really where he has largely made his hay. So I don't know if that's going to be a huge thing, but weaker division maybe he can. And you know, what's he, he two and three or one and one and two, sorry. One and two. Uh, he lost to OAM and he lost to Clay Collard. I do not know who he beat, but I remember him getting a win. So, you know, long time. We're just the first year. I'd say the first year is they would have hoped Shane Burgos would be fighting in the championship fight at least. And that is he didn't make the playoffs and then they shoehorned him in, in a way that like made several people very happy because a little bit suspect. I actually, I think on this program defended it is totally fine, but still the optics are certainly awful. So I think it's been a bad year one, but there's plenty of time for that to turn around. Maybe he does featherweight moving forward instead of lightweight. Things get better. We can see. I think Shane should be in the pay-per-view division. Like if we're going to do pay-per-view, Shane should be fighting in that. Like, I don't like if he's going to go to 45, I'd rather see him make that cut like once or twice in a meaningful way. Cause he's making a, he's probably making really good money fighting for the PFL. I'm sure he's not making like anywhere near like an entry or mid-level contract. I would say he's probably the upper tier of fight by fight contracts. But here's the thing that I missed the season with Shane one of the things I loved about the Shane Burgo signing was he was going to do commentary. Like he's great at that stuff. What, did he commentate any fights this season at all? Did we hear his voice outside of like the occasional, Oh, guess who's here. Come here, Shane. Talk about what's going on here for like a two minute cameo. Like that's where not, Shane's not like, to overall knowledge. value. Yeah. That's where Shane's overall value to the consumer is as a fighter, but also he has one of the most analytical minds like in the sport. You want to talk about talk to fighters who love fighting and break everything down to almost an obsessive level. Shane Burgos is that guy. Like I always thought he'd be a great like desk analyst for the UFC, eventual color guy for the UFC. And now PFL has him and they're not using him in that role at all. Like I understand he's fighting in a season fighting for a million, for a million dollars. So next season, just take a couple. Say, that may be a his him. call. You know, maybe, maybe he said he's season, season one. Yeah, let me let me adjust to the PFL schedule, et cetera. So it could be yeah. on him, but yeah. Give him a couple pay-per-view fights and let him commentate. Like maybe it'll change things. I don't know. But it's tough division for him with OAM still there. And you know, maybe OAM will be done after this. If he wins another million, maybe he'll just be like, All right, I've done everything I can in the sport, so I'm gonna peace out. Maybe that opens the door a little bit. You don't think so? He's talked about I it. I think OAM should keep making a million dollars a year because on top of his salary, because that seems like a great, if I had a job that gave me a million dollar bonus every year, I would continue to work at that job for as long as they would have me. <laughs> so well, maybe again, I can be bought, Mike. He's near in the finish line. Out, absolutely. Yeah. He's Particularly because like when he wins his second belt, you know, then he, maybe he now gets to be part of the pay-per-views or whatever. So I'm oh, yeah, I certainly stick it out. Uh, also oh, yeah. to your previous point, I just looked this up. Clay Collard in his most recent fight, not this one made 31 and 31 or, you know, 62 grand, $31,000 win bonus. Uh, Burgos making a hundred K flat. So certainly Shane Burgos is he's making more the, than that. their he's upper echelon. Uh, it's a reported payout of their yeah. upper echelon of, of pay. So, yeah, was Burgos in the UFC around the kind of like a 45, 45 mark? 
Or I have no idea. Let me he's see probably I making. Find... I bet he's making a little more than that. Yeah, Let me see if I can find Shane Burgos's pay. What were that? I I honestly have no idea. Yeah, he's kind of. I figure he's. I bet he's, I bet he's probably close to like 75, 75 in that range because he's a ranked dude. Always put on like really fun fights. UFC really liked him. I mean, who else has Dana White said? Ah, we screwed that one up. Said about Shane Burgos when he went to PFL that they didn't lock him down. I don't. I also don't believe Dana that he said we screwed that up. Like he accidentally fell through the cracks somehow. I just don't. I mean, Dana's not making the deals though. Yeah, it's, it's not I mean, him. Dana, yeah, Dana, yeah. Yeah, you know but that. very rarely he just very he never says oh, we f that up. So thought that was kind of interesting. Good signing. I think it. I think all in all, I think it's too early to tell whether or not this is a good signing. But early on, I don't know. He's been the news all all season. That's for sure. I would for for was it a good? Okay, we're saying a good signing for PFL. Was it a good signing by Shane Burgos? One thousand percent. Despite oh, perfect. the losses. Oh, Absolutely. Sorry. Yeah. He's getting okay. no, a thousand percent. He's getting paid very well. Just so, alone. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, he has quotes saying that by the end of his PFL contract, he'll be a multimillionaire um, outside of winning the tournament. So that uh, but is that depending based, on him actually winning fights or just him being I, exciting? Because that's what I'm kind of wondering now. Did, was all think, this based on him winning? And since he didn't know, win, from what yeah. I can tell, he's getting flat fees in the PFL. Okay, well then he's doing great. Then. Attached. <laughs> uh, I do see from a site called Media Referee is the first one that came up. Shane Burgos made 130 for his fight against Billy Q in the UFC. Um, so what, so that was split. So, that's, uh, I, so yeah, 65, 65, uh, I think is, is the split there. So, yeah. um, that looks it's about right. About it. Yeah. yeah. That's probably, I had him 65, 70, either 65, 65, 75, 75 in that range. All right. All right. Did you, Oh, this is, these, these are always fun to talk about every once in a while. This type of question. Uh, today, how many Bellator champions are better than UFC champions? So I, I assume this is a, yeah, I assume this is a, who would win in a fight kind of question. Yeah. There are four, there are five that could be the case. Yeah. So Pantoja I, wins I guess, by default. There is no flyweight champion and they tried. I guess so he six wins. if you want to count Cyborg since the UFC doesn't have a flyweight I'm, I'm counting Horiguchi as their flyweight champ, by the way. Fair. <laughs> I know he's not official. All right, so Sean O'Malley versus yeah, not Sergio. official. You mean not even a little bit official? <laughs> it happened. Fights. All right, All right. <laughs> did so it? Jed. The fight stopped immediately. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> one of the funniest still, things ever. Still heartbroken. All right, Jed. Uh, and you, uh, Sean O'Malley versus Sergio Pettis. Who wins? Um, I'd probably I'd pick O'Malley, but against Patchy Mix, I'll pick Mix. Well, yeah, uh, but we're not Patchy. talking about Patchy Mix. We're talking about he's today. A, he's, an, he's an interim he's a, he's, champion. He's, he's that is a, not that is the belt. champion. That is he would belt. not be he the representative the in this The question fight. says Bellator he's champs. Champ. He is a champ. He's says Bellator champs. Champ. Doesn't say the. He is a Bellator champion. Thank you, Jess. Sergio, Sergio would be the guy that Coker tabbed first. He would. Uh, I, I would take Sean O'Malley over Sergio Pettis. Agree, Casey. Be, Do you agree with that? Uh... He's much bigger. That's how he wins. Uh, Casey, that's my thought. Is okay. They bring um, similar skill sets. He's just style, much larger person. All right. Style wise, I would, I would, I guess I'll go O'Malley over Pettis, but the future champ, the real champ, Patchy Mix, defeats them both. 
Can I just say, I can't wait for Sergio Pettis patchy mix. That is a mu- that is a fa- that is a really good fight. That is an excellent fight. So what is it, Volkanovski versus Patricio Pitbull for the featherweight? It's not even, it's not even a contest. Yeah, well, it's yeah. just Volkanovski, just Volkanovski right now. That's just not. Yeah, that's just. Yeah, I don't even yeah. think it's that. I've never been nearly as high as everyone else has on Pitbull. Um, I thought it was incredibly funny that I, I guess I guess Pitbull is technically still the, the Bellator champion, but I don't know. He just got gassed up by Suzuki. So Wait, did, did, it was like a two day notice fight at fifty five, right? Hey, don't don't take the fight unless you know you're gonna win. I learned that from Three Ninjas. Never fight unless you know you're gonna win. We should have well, watched Three Ninjas. Well, I, I I bumped I bumped I people down the fly the in the the lightweight rankings a bit. How about that? But featherweight rankings, I I still think uh, but Volkanovski is just Volkanovski, and, and Pitbull is probably Pitbull's got got some years on him now. I think Pitbull just, is yeah. well past his prime at this yeah. point, and I would pick many of the top UFC featherweights to, to cook him out. So. I, I hate doing the whole, God, I wish this guy fought in the UFC, but Pitbull actually at this point of his career, I now I kind of do want him seen, I want to see him in the UFC maybe like a year ago. It's just because I've, I've always yeah. been a big fan of Pitbull, but there was so few, there was so little MMA math with Pitbull and UFC guys. It was always just hard to really kind of debate intelligently. You just, we can say things, but there's no real, you know, facts around it. Yeah, I would have liked to see him a couple of years ago. I think if he comes over now, uh, that, he yeah, can't it's even just, have a, he can't even have a Michael Chandler type run. Like I, I just think he's in real trouble yeah. now. Yeah. So. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you go to, if you go to AKA, you've probably seen some sort of sparring session between these two guys. Uh, Islam Makachev versus Usman Nurmagomedov. Ooh, man. My answer is Islam, but, uh, I mean, if you hear the AKA boys talk, they say that Usman wins those sparring sessions more than more often than not. They, they say that he is the dude. So, um, by virtue of resume, I, I have to default to Islam, but it would not surprise me in the slightest if Usman Nurmagomedov was actually the best lightweight on earth. Yeah. Yeah. We agree. Think, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you hear the AKA team say like, no, that this guy is it. And he's the one who gives Islam the business and mm-hmm. practice. Uh, like you can not like, and they, and they don't BS. Take, they don't, they, 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 when you talk, they don't BS. Yeah. That's exactly what I was about to say, Casey. It's like you can take a lot of what you know gym talk is, but I can't remember the time I've heard AKA guys say something that was bullshit. Like Javier Vasquez, like Javier been like, hey, Kane Velasquez is the dude. You're gonna find out. <laughs> okay. Hey, like 
Habib is just beating the shit out of everyone. And the only guy who's even kind of with him in the gym is Islam. Like you're going to find out. Yeah. Okay. Like he just, they, they do not seem to, to blow smoke when they're yeah. talking. To I remember the, camp. them talking about Luke Rockhold, who was like three and oh, and like, mm -hmm. and Hav coming to me and say, this guy's the dude, he is going to win every belt, you know? And like, yeah. So, uh, if they're saying that about Usman, yeah, it's, they're not BSing. Leon Edwards versus Yaroslav Amosov, Casey. Amosov. Jen. I'll take Leon Edwards. Um, I think his fight's very good and competitive. Uh, Super competitive. Leon, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just I'm high on Amosov, yeah. but I, I agree. Yeah. I'm very, very high on Amosov as well. Uh, I think Leon Edwards is justifiably the top-ranked welterweight in the world at this moment in time. Uh, if Hamzat was still a welterweight, I would have some thoughts, but... I like Leon's chances against anybody right now, even though there are plenty of dudes who can give him hell. That second fight against Usman was sensational. If you had asked me before, look, and I know Logan Storley is no Muhammad Ali out there, but the way Amosov looked in that fight with Logan Storley, he beat the piss out of that dude. And nobody does that to Logan Storley, whether it's on the feet or on the ground, he beat him everywhere. I would have picked Leon Edwards before seeing that fight. I would edge Amosov, but I think this is an incredibly competitive fight. Like super coming down to the last round, uh, and it would be fun. And I think it I would think be that's fun really, for Bellator. That's really all. That's the best you can ask for. As far yeah. as yeah. if you have the conversation, it's competitive. If you if you can get an honest, it's competitive. I think that's all that really matters for them. Yeah. The only the only one of these fights that isn't competitive thus far is Pitbull Volk. I think. Yeah. And Volk's not competitive with a lot of dudes. So that's yeah, fine. Just, yeah. Izzy versus Johnny Eblen. In a year, I might pick Eblen. Right now, I think I default to Izzy. I'm the same. I'm the same. It it's wouldn't one of those, shock like, Eblen you got to fight him off, now. But Go fight yeah. Eblen now, kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same thing you guys said. Yeah. Um, I'm just really high on Izzy, and, but I'm also super high on Eblen. But Evelyn's a little younger into his career and less experience in those in those kind of fights. A little greener, but, um, little greener. But, I think um, Izzy has a really good style set for this. Um, with where I think Evelyn is in his career right now, is still developing his striking to complement his wrestling. So, give him another yeah. year to really fully bake his cake, and then I'd feel okay about Evelyn taking that. But I'll be confident. I'll, I'll be confident of Evelyn over any other middleweight in the UFC top ranked middleweight uh hamza we don't know how he, i just don't know how he is yet i want to see him i have no I, idea I, about hamza i'm I my thought know. was whitaker i don't know that i'd be confident against whitaker i do think he can DDP? Beat you pick ddp uh, over 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 i'm um, just asking i'm just asking this is ddp 2.0 this is the dude who just <laughs> iced robert this whitaker. is i can breathe i DDP. i will because i'm <laughs> I honestly think DDP is going to be the dude to take yeah. the belt off. Is he? I think he's going to do it. He said it out loud. Be, said it. Everyone's going to be so upset, and for a lot of justifiable reasons. But the dude is really good at fighting. It, it just looks ugly in a lot of spots. But he's really fucking good at it, man. Eblin, Eblin versus Cannoneer or Eblin versus Vittori. Eblin uh, confidently over both of them now. Vittori okay. a year ago, I would have said would be more interesting. I think Vittori's on on the downside um i think he's got too many miles on him hasn't looked great his last couple of fights and cannonier i think is definitively uh older and the style is bad for him 
Light heavyweight. I'd say at worst, Eblen is number three in the UFC. Yeah. Maybe, maybe four, maybe four. Yeah, he's top five for sure. Light oh, heavyweight. Sure. I know Jamal Hill has said that he is vacating the title, but he has not vacated the title yet. Yet. So for the sake of this conversation, Jamal Hill versus Vadim Nemkov. I would take Vadim Nemkov uh, with all the money on the line since Jamal Hill doesn't have a functioning leg right now. So I got to think that Vadim Nemkov can beat a one-legged Jamal Hill. And even when he gets two legs, I still think I'd take Nemkov over Hill. I, I've said this a lot with Jamal Hill on various topics. I just don't know if he's good or not. I know that he is the champion, and he deserves to be the champion insofar as he fought a title, fought for a title, and looked terrific in that fight. But he could be Cody Garbrandt. He could be John Jones. It's probably somewhere in the middle. But like Cody Garbrandt didn't fight anybody, fought for a belt, looked amazing, and then has sucked basically ever since then. Jamal Hill could absolutely be the same. He didn't really beat a lot of good people. Circumstances put him in a title fight that he didn't deserve. He looked terrific in it. I don't know if that is who he is or if that's he high rolled on the night of his life. You know, like maybe he just fought the best fight of his life on the biggest, most important night. So I at least know who Nimkov is. And so I have to I have to defer to Nimkov here. But I wouldn't be shocked if Maybe he just is that dude, and we just don't know it yet. So I'm with you for everything you just said. And this goes back to all the rankings talk and him shitting on our rankings and all that. It all comes down to the next fight. And we've been saying this since January. You go in there, you beat Glover, you did what you needed to do, and you look spectacular doing it. He was ranked number four because he didn't beat who, in my opinion, was still the champion. And a lot of other people's opinion was still the champion. Dude vacated the title two weeks before his scheduled fight, and then Jamal Hill won it a month later. And beating Glover Teixeira is a great win, but this is a Glover Teixeira who's going to retire even if he won the belt. I'm not taking anything away from the performance, but everything trickles down to what happened to the next fight. He goes out there and does that to Yuri Perhashka. He's the best light heavyweight in the world with a bullet, and this is not a conversation. He is far and away the unanimous best light heavyweight in the world you go and do that in your next fight but there wasn't a next fight and we don't know like you said Jay, like we don't know how good he is we still don't know so right now until i see that next fight until i see what it's like coming back from this injury it's vadim i'm picking vadim nemkov i'm picking vadim nemkov vadim nemkov is super good and we're talking about where johnny eblin would be in this division at middleweight John, Vadim Nemkov is probably a top three light heavyweight right now in the UFC if he just signed and went over there. He's like done I, with light heavyweight right now. He just wants to go I, heavyweight. I would put him at three um, right now with the caveat that I don't have any idea what the fuck to make of Alex Pereira at light heavyweight. Um, yeah. Pereira could be the best dude in the world. He looked great against Blahovich. Blahovich, I still think, is a quality fighter. Uh, I would put Vadim behind Yuri, who already has beaten him and I put him behind Ankoliev, who I believe is the best light heavyweight in the world. Um, yeah. but that's it. I, I would put him ahead of Pajera, but or Pereira, sorry, but I, I don't, I don't know what to make of Alex Pereira. He's, he has ruined so many things about MMA <laughs> and my ability to interpret what the hell is going on in the sport. Yeah. I love Jamal, him for it. There's no animosity. Yeah. I love Alex Pereira for being a super weirdo that makes love it makes this sport seem very dumb. It's <laughs> love the chaos. 
Love the chaos. Yeah. But yeah, if, like you said, if Jamal Hill beat Vadim Nemkov, I would not be shocked. Wouldn't shock me. He could I, be the best heavyweight in the world. I, just, I, I, I would be shocked. I would be shocked because to me, of all the champion champion matchups, Nemkov over Hill is the one I'll be absolutely most confident on. For Nemkov? It's the one. For Nemkov, yeah. It's the one I would be the most confident on because I'm not like confident in any of the other ones. Um, I think it's it's the one I would certainly pick, whereas the other ones I probably am defaulting to the UFC champion. I kind of feel like either way, that fight's not competitive. Either Jamal has a great yes. night and just washes Nemkov or Nemkov's just that guy and just like 50-43 is Jamal Hill. Like this fight, we I probably don't, know the wins, outcome it's not, four minutes ex- in. Exactly, exactly. And John Jones, Ryan Bader, do we even need to talk about this? No offense, Ryan Bader. Uh, do we even need to talk did, about this? Did, did they fight at one point in time previously? Oh, yeah. Yes, they did. Can Can you remind and, me how that and, went? In a very, yeah. I vaguely recall it being atrociously bad for one of them. I can't recall who. Yeah, I don't know. Um, that is, we'll, we'll have to ask the fans if they can Google it. Wait, yeah, we don't know. Yes. Uh, and then the last one, since there's only one woman's. Oh no, we have the featherweight champion, but Chris Cyborg. What do we do? Chris Cyborg. I think Chris Cyborg would be nobody. I think Chris Cyborg versus zero people will win that fight confidently. Fair. That's my and, most confident one, Casey. Chris Cyborg versus Empty. Yes. And last one, Casey, I'll start with you. Alexa Ooh. Grasso versus Liz Carmouche. Ooh. Ooh, man. You can't you can't do it. I know that you love Liz. You cannot do it, Casey. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh <laughs> How was this? Okay, I'm gonna go Grosso okay, go, go and youth. Grosso and youth, and she's in her prime. Correct. But, yeah, <laughs> I'm correct go yeah, I'm gonna go I get it though, Casey. You want to talk yourself into it because there is like you see a path. Uh no. I mean, if this was Shevchenko, the conversation isn't there. With Grosso, it's and a little wonkier. Um I mean, look, Liz was was a tough fight for Shevchenko. She didn't get run over by Shevchenko. So this is that. But yeah, uh no, I you gotta go Grasso. Youth. I think she's gonna look really good coming off winning. They always say that as a cliche, but like you get twenty percent better when you become champion. I think there's a very real very real chance that that happens here with Grasso and that she doesn't hold the belt for long, but she gets to beat Valentina in a rematch and God willing she gets to fight Manolfior. She's gonna beat Manolfior, so We'll see how that shakes for. Well, VJ, you played a smart card right there. <laughs> I, I, I want to ask a question that they're going to spend 30 minutes talking about it. Yeah. Damn it. You did it. You did it. Don't ask. Don't ask how UFC champions do against PFL champions because that'll take five seconds. I would like PFL champions. All right. Uh... I do not believe a single PFL champion would make it to a decision against any of their counterparts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pro fights info. Korean zombie pulls off the massive upset and decides he's not retiring. What would be next for him? Can we can we pause this question for a minute? Because yes. since we don't have a women's featherweight UFC champion, oh. and I know that technically we don't have a PFL featherweight women's champion, uh, but we're all aware that Larissa Pacheco is about oh. to take that crown. Pacheco Ooh. cyborg. I'm taking Pacheco. I'm taking. I'm kind of taking Pacheco too, just because with. How old is Larissa right now? She's like she's under thirty still, right? She's like, yeah, she's super young. Yeah, 
In the 30, uh, Cyborg is getting up there just so many years. Yeah, I'm going to go Pacheco. Pacheco's 28, yeah. 28, yeah. So we're she's going, hitting, that, she's hitting her prime right now. Um, I watched Amanda Nunes just throw a right hand and not be afraid of Cyborg and obliterate her. And I got to tell you, I think Pacheco can do exactly the same thing. Yeah. Um, I would probably pick Chris right now. And it would not be a a thrilling affair. Just wait in until this, the in this victory. fight. I think post Cats and Gano fight, you're going to be like, yeah, Pacheco, Chris, Chris is done. Cause the Arlene Blinko rematch, she almost got her out of there immediately. And then that fight was awful. But if that fight happens like 18 months from now, I'd probably pick Larissa. Sorry. That's sorry to derail one. us. I just, I just thought of it no, no, as no, we the, were moving on. Yeah. I, I, That's kind I, of a more happier question than the zombie question. Because if he pulls off the upset and decides, you know what? I'm not leaving. I'm not freaking leaving. First of all, that would break my break my heart. Because if you go in there in Singapore after all this time and you beat Max Holloway, like, you get the fuck out of there. Like, you just be done. I mean, parades will be in your honor everywhere. Like, you beat Max Holloway in your last fight? What are you going to do? Fight Volk? Like, there's nothing else for him to do. He's not fighting Volk again because that fight is just only going to get worse for him. There aren't a lot of happy moments in retirement. And we just kind of talked about this with We've Yolanda. had two of them yeah, this year. This we could have be, three. The this would be out. right up there. This would be right up there, if not the best. Because no one, no one expects him to win this fight. Nobody. Won't be the best because of the Lawler one, but it it's, would be terrific. It's damn close. Yeah. It would, I mean, it would be just terrific. Uh I'm picking Maddox to win. I think Max is going to win. I think the overwhelming uh, dismissal of him against Max is probably incorrect. It's not like Korean Zombie has looked awful or super washed. He, you know why people think that? Because he got tuned up by Volkanovski. You know who else got tuned up by Volkanovski? Max Holloway. Max Holloway. <laughs> Like it's and we weren't like Max is done, just retire now. It's like, yeah, like it was bad. It's one of the best performances I've ever seen in the cage. Sometimes you have a bad one. But before that, he beat Dan Ige, who's a very, very solid fighter, like a very quality featherweight. Um, you know, like I think zombies got enough to make this a a classic Korean zombie fight. Fun as fuck. I think this fight's gonna rule because you got two of the most exciting dudes ever to do it. I think Max is better and has a lot of advantages. But I don't think that this is going to be total one-way traffic. So if Zombie can pull it off, that would be sick. Uh, it would probably be good for the featherweight division because suddenly Max is now not just this blocker at the top of it if somebody beats him like this. And Max can go on the Rich Franklin fun fight tour, and that'll be cool. So it would be awesome. I don't think it's going to happen, but I, it would be great. And Korean Zombie could get to walk off, you know, into the into the sunset, and we will be doing a freaking damn on him the minute I know for sure that he's retired. <laughs> the amount the of moment people, I know he's retired, we're doing a damn on him. The amount of people who want like the matchmakers arrested for making this fight, I, I just didn't understand it. Like, I I get it. Like, you want to see Zombie go out with a win, right? He's fighting in Sing Singapore. You want to maybe get a lower level guy, let him have the Robbie moment. But he asked for this. He asked for this fight. And Max was like, dude, I'll fight him. Like, let's go. He's a legend. I haven't fought this guy yet. Let's go. Why? Like, 
do we really think that Max is just going to like hospitalize this man? Like, I guess I just don't. I mean, see he it. might because he's Max, but it's not going to hospitalize him in a worse is way. Is he going to do Calvin Peter? Yeah, and Calvin you know, didn't even like... go to the hospital. Calvin didn't even go to the hospital. Yeah. Really, he got sent there. He got forced there by Dana. But it wasn't like on his own. Like if Calvin yeah. had the choice, he wouldn't have gone. Calvin yeah. would have kept fighting. He got up in the fifth round of taking five hundred thousand punches and was like, "All right, I'll fight." I don't think it's going to get worse than that. And Calvin was like, they said, and the conversations with like his team after the cater fight were like alarming saying that like his scans, when they checked his brain after the Holly fight, it was like the best the numbers were throughout his entire UFC career. That's insane. Sometimes you got to get just hit around the head, you know, ask Neil Magny. That's how apparently he teaches people. You hit him in the head and then they learn. Is yeah. that too dark? Was like a joke might have been. Yeah. Uh, I'm with <laughs> you though, Mike. Like it's this dude. Mo his most recent fight was for the title, <laughs> and now you're just like he's gonna die. He is going to die. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> his, his most recent fight, he was good enough to fight for the belt and like circumstances or whatever. But still, come on. Like let's be reasonable here. This is not a squash he match. This is a perfect matchmaking. I think this is great matchmaking. Yeah, we're like to me, like, I don't think he's going to, he's not going to get knocked unconscious. I don't think he might just, he's going to get peppered for five rounds. He's going to get punched in the face, but this is what he asked for. It's not like he, he didn't ask for anything else. Like he was like, I want to fight Max in my last fight. Give the, like, what else does this man have to do to get what he wants? Go fight Max. Go get your fight. Plus Max and, is over it. Like Max is past his prime. Max is not the fighter he once was. I think this is ideal. This is a great fight. I'm really looking forward to it. And Zombie, he comes from the Japanese MMA, Korean MMA scene where you go out on a loss. You don't go out on a win. You go out. On a, yeah, that's how that's how you retire from the sport. You go out on a loss. You go out just putting everything out there. You take your bumps. Go. Oh, all right. I'm done. You know. And the, and you the fans you know, into the, it. Yeah, that's how. Yeah, that's how you go out. So I, th I think that I, I know we as American fans, we kind of like the Robbie moments and stuff. But just uh, I guess the more uh, traditional sense in the, the MMA scene over there, this is how you do it. And um, man, I'm well, Casey you know saying what, you know, is I, if he I, wins, I, this is going to happen. He's not gonna <laughs> the problem. Yep. I don't. Yeah, if he if he does win, if he does win and looks and like wins dominantly somehow, somehow. Um. That wild, that that. I don't know. I I I have to see. I don't. I don't mean want to imagine it. Guys, it, if he wins, I'd like to submit my Otno uh, point right now, Mike. Right now? Okay. Um, if he wins, let me tell you, I think there's a rematch we all need, and it's a man coming off a loss, Ooh. Mr. Dustin Poirier. Mr. Dustin Poirier, 155 pounds. Let's run it back. I would watch. I would. I would watch that fight so hard. I would watch that fight so hard. So many American dollars would be paid to watch them run that back. Interesting. Please don't do that, though. Please, right off, right off into the sunset. I mean, yeah, if you win, retire. But if you, if Casey's right and you want to go out on a loss, you got to keep it going. Don't stick around featherweight. I don't need to see you fight who at Arnold Allen or whatever. Run it back with oh, TP. God. Poirier's got a sure. loss. We don't know what to do with Dustin right now. That feels like a great choice for Dustin. Try and get back a dub. Guy he's got to respect. Nobody doesn't respect Zombie, so solved it. <laughs> I'll take my all no point whenever, you know, whenever you're giving them out. 
All right. Has Zombie right. ever gone to 55? He's, he's been 45 his entire career, right? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah I think, yeah. All right. Uh, last one. I think this one's for Jed. How happy are you, Jed, that Junior Dos Santos is being allowed to get juicy? I love you too. Yeah. It's the best. Love you, Jed. Did you, did you not he see looked, this from, from JDS? He looks in incredible shape. No, I just mean his quote. Oh, yeah. I'm not in USADA anymore. Something like that. Yeah, and it and it rules. Not going through USADA is great. It's just it's fucking best, man. I look, I love it so much. Uh, I think uh, drugs are fine, and that uh, USADA is awful um, for basically every reason you can think USADA is is awful and dumb. I, I do. Uh, I don't think that it is a good thing in the sport. I think it's pretty obviously bad. Uh, I think it's even made worse by the fact that it was unilaterally imposed on fighters. Fighters did not have a say in, in this being a thing. It's, Hey, if you'd like to be part of the UFC, this is now the rules you apply to. Uh, and that means a being extremely invasive in your personal life as well, all under the auspice that we are combating something that is, uh, significantly dangerous. And I, I have never had anyone declare to me why it is dangerous or how it is dangerous. I, I have not had empirical evidence saying that fist fighting a person with steroids is more dangerous than fist fighting a person who doesn't have steroids in them. Um, I, I, I don't think you can show me that evidence. It's well, it's intuitive. Obviously they hit harder and stronger. Okay. Show me the data points that say that these fighters suffer more by X. Well, Mike Vitor Belfort kicked. Yeah, he kicked him. Um, also, that was totally legal at the time, what he was doing. So, like, I don't – I think that this is um, – and I have long said that it's all very dumb. Uh, it's just technological advancements as far as I'm concerned. Like, science is better. Uh, if you really want to go whole hog in it, you can't have surgery. Like, oh, you tore your ACL? Well, God and Mother Nature will fix you because science is not allowed to improve human performance. That is unfair uh, for other competitors. So I think that this is great. I am happy that he is no longer under the burden of USADA. Uh, I know that he, in his time in USADA, did not uh, particularly view a lot of it well in general in the way he was treated. And so good. Uh, I think this is this is fighting. This is sports. And yeah, I don't think that... I do not believe Junior DeSantos is going to win or lose his next fight because of the things that he ingests outside of the fact that we all our lives are made better or worse by eating food, you know? So good for him. I'm very, very happy that he has found something that makes him happy. Have you guys seen what Fabricio Verdum looks like? I haven't. Looks like, Let me look him up. Now. Looks, he looks, looks just, as, he looks just, just as, as, just as juicy. Yeah. Quoting Leo Levy one, two, three. Good. Maybe great. Uh, maybe game bread bare knuckle is the, is the place to be. The resurgence when, of careers. Look at, look at Roy Nelson. Oh, he Roy does. Nelson. Look at Dude, for doing yeah. it, when someone can explain to me that something that a doctor could tell you to take uh, that will benefit your performance in X ways is substantively worse or morally more onerous than supplements uh, in a credible way, then I will change my position. But we have just drawn a moral line about steroids. And uh, I think that there is a moral argument about steroids as far as their use among uh, children. But as far as professional athletes, I could not give a shit about them. So yeah, good for these EPO? people. EPO? 
uh, I don't understand enough about it to be like, to have a real thought other than it seems like it's the same thing to me. Like it I is, just, I just heard it's extremely dangerous, but that's, that's, uh, we, we, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't have a doctor of our, of our, on our that, panel here. So I don't want to kind of speak out of my ass too much. That's the thing. If someone can, can give me like a, a really like educated, here's why this is more dangerous than Ng, but largely what has happened is like hey so this guy's on on testosterone or this guy is taking growth hormone like all right these are things that like a doctor can and would prescribe you to improve your overall fitness and performance in these aspects why have we decided that this is villainous activity other than that some people aren't and so i do understand the argument that people taking it in opposition to the rules is bad because it means that people are cheating by definition and i don't in general support cheating by definition I just think that these are very stupid rules that we should not adhere to, particularly when it comes at the cost of millions of dollars for the UFC to implement those millions of dollars that could be funneled into the fighters and their paychecks. And two, is it overly burdensome on their personal lives and invasive of their, their personal experiences? For many reasons, I would never join the UFC if I was a fighter of means and talent. The chief among them, not even because I want to get on the gear, I don't give a shit about telling USADA where I am at all points in time so they can piss test me. No, thank you. I would like to live my life without that. Uh, like, you want me to pee in a cup on fight week? Okay. But no, you don't get to just come to my house and take my pee. That's very weird. Leave me the hell alone. I think uh, I think we're kind of talking about two different, slightly different things of the USADA kind of privacy invasion thing and having the fighters having zero rights into what they decided yeah. those rules are. I think, I think, it's, I think it's two slightly different things, but, um, sure. Uh, but, uh, as far as me, my opinion, as long as the rules are up front, like, all right, this game bread fighting pride rules were the best. Pride it, it, told it, you to take drugs. It was the best. And as long as those are up front and we know the rules up front, like this is our juice league. This is our non juice league, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, that's all, that's all I really ask for because myself, I competing, I, I don't want to compete, so, compete against someone that's juiced because I don't want to juice and I would feel like I would be forced to, um, and I know that we'll just, just train harder or something, but I, I don't, I don't feel that burden should be on me, but I, I, and I, I understand what Jed's saying. I, I get, I get what Jed's saying, but like myself, like I've, I kind of take pride in being clean outside outside of my vegan protein powder you know after workouts but even then i i understand that well, we're taking protein powder is that is that you know then we're getting that really gray area and stuff and i just wish there were i think with these i think there was because there was no discussion there was no there's no back and forth yeah, between fighters it was unilaterally imposed upon yeah and and, and that Here that caused lots and lots and lots of problems and um that's kind of it's a, it's a complicated subject <laughs> so it is and that's the thing like i I'm not saying that I'm the only correct opinion. I, this is a genuine question because I think this is a good discussion, Casey. A lot of it boils down to, for me, as I kind of tried to get at, is why do you take pride in being clean? Like just from a moral standpoint or whatever, why is that a significant or or a part are, of, of – I, I understand that I asking, don't want to be forced you, to do this. You, yeah, no, I'm asking genuinely oh, okay. like, because I, I understand the idea of like – I feel like I am forced into doing this. I, I can, I would counter with like, well, 
you're also forced into training more. Like I would love to be the best jujitsu player ever. I can't just show up and grapple and be like, fuck, I'm not as good as these other people or whatever. I need to lift weights and do X, Y, and Z. So it, at some point, I think it always does come down to the moral argument of steroids are bad or I feel better without them. And my question for you is why is that a point of, of pride or, or something that factors into your decision? making? And this is a, just a personal thing because I think yeah. the reason I started training and everything is because I wanted to kind of see if I can obtain my full potential physically in, in martial arts. And, and I, and I felt that with outside, whatever medicines, um, that, that would almost never be attainable. So I just kind of, I just put it at the base level, what I, what I'm, what I'm born with and what can I do with what I have right here. And that was kind of why I kind of got into it and wanted to kind of achieve, try to achieve that the highest potential I could without you know, them fancy, fancy stuff. But I am also at the point too where I'm like, it's very interesting. Um, I'm at the point too where like I maybe physically I'm past that point because I am 45, so I'm clearly past that point. But get on testosterone. Yeah, <laughs> I hear amazing. I hear amazing things from people. I am at the point where like now, now I kind of do want to try that stuff just to kind of see if the stories are true. You know what other people say, and just because I, I, I've never had tell a you, I'm certain they're true. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't have any. I don't have any doubts in my mind. They're true, and but like that. That's just like that. Casey to me is really interesting because it's not my perspective at all. It's like mm-hmm. I, I, I understand the goals. I, I want to see what the max is, and to me, the idea is like I. Okay, I would like to and see. My, and my if, goals if don't I'm line up do with, with with the business and a business of price no, yeah. money into it. And I understand those aren't two; those are two different things. Yeah, and yeah, I don't. I, me, I'm not. I'm not a million dollar price fighter either, so I know it's different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's again, I understand the cheating aspect of this and people agreeing not to do something and then doing it. That's fine. Adjudicate that as as necessary. But I just sort of look at them all as tools, and I don't like yes. Those, those are, you want to be the best you can without implementing these tools to me feels, and this is maybe a bit of a, a clunky thing, but like, I would like to see how great I can bench press without doing any other workouts. Like I would like to avail myself of all the tools available to improve my performance in, in any number of ways and where and how we are drawing these lines has always felt very, um, odd to me of like outside of a moral argument of we don't want children to do these things because they will adversely affect children which i can at least appreciate that argument i it has never been adequately explained to me and i have particularly in combat sports because that's always the biggest argument is steroids are they are going to jeopardize lives and maybe that feels implicitly true i I am not certain that fighter A taking steroids is going to really make a substantive change to how dangerous getting into a fucking cage fight is. Like, you're just getting into a fucking cage fight, man. Like, it's all dangerous. And I don't think that steroids turn you into Superman. They make you a better version of yourself. But guess what? If you went and took, and John Jones maybe isn't the best example of this, if you took a blood culture from me and John Jones, they're going to come back and say, one of these dudes has a lot better tools to succeed in a fist fight, and it has nothing to do with what input there. We are all born with different levels of testosterone and stuff. And so it's just all been 
very muddled and extremely expensive in a way that's like, or we could just say YOLO, man. Was anyone that upset about what was going on in Pride? Really? Was that the problem we had with Pride? That that people were too juiced? It wasn't my issue with Pride, I gotta tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I did not I did not, not enjoy Pride because those guys were sticking needles in their asses. It's fine. Uh, so I, that's where I'm always at. I'm happy for Junior Dos Santos to be in a more free world and to be entering his his 40s uh, with all of the tools science has available to extend his career because a very selfish part of me just wants to see what people are at at their max capacity. If John Jones has never taken steroids in his life, put that dude on the gear and let's see him fight a hippo because he might be able to fucking kill a hippo with his bare hands if he is actually clean. That's where I'm at. It's where I've always been at. Usain Bolt, I want him loaded up with all the juice because I want to see if he can break like a three-second hundred. Like, why aren't we doing this? Max out human capability, guys. Well, with the John Jones versus Hippo talk, I think you can hit the music. <laughs> we ain't getting any better than that. Say, we're, not, we're not exiting on a stronger note than that. Yeah, I mean, we did Bellator versus UFC champions. Let's do UFC champions versus wildlife, shall we? Yeah. John Jones versus a hippo. Think Ooh. of your ideas. Put them in the comments. Versus wildlife is always my go-to. I used to be like, can Melvin Manhoof knock out a horse? Because <laughs> he might be able to. Like, I don't know. I want to knock out Mark Hunt. I feel like he could knock out a horse. Well, we'll discuss that and more next week on Between the Lakes. For Casey, for Jed, I am Mike Hack. The iconic voice takes you home. Good night, everybody. Love y'all. This has been Between the Links, an MMA fighting production on the Vox Media Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.